Do you know what it means, Nathan, when we are recording? What does it well, mean? Well, it must mean that we are on the cusp of another exciting and thrilling episode of... A very intriguing week. I feel that either I'm going to have a record week or or not. I'm going to have another <laughs> abysmal week. A record week or not a record week. What you're saying. <laughs> yes, but a very, very not record week. So, so quite the opposite. We'll so see. there's like record week, and then there is the polar opposite of a record week, and that's what you're saying, is that you the stand worst to be week. one or the other. Yes. A, you know, uh, 13 and 5 type week compared to, uh, you know, 2 and 16 type week. <laughs> I don't think you could be that bad. I don't think you <laughs> 16. I don't think so. I was looking at my picks and I'm thinking, wow, I'm taking a lot of underdogs. And so I went and counted, but no, I was, I'm still taking 10 uh, favorites. So currently, bud, currently, bud. And on today's show, we're going to interview a block of wood. We're going to interview a laminated piece of plastic. I'm sorry. Just had to go a little bit of Monty Python there. So what I was thinking is I got uh, eight solid games um, that probably bear some form of discussion. We can go through those, give our confidence points for the same, and then go through our tortoise version of a lightning round uh, to finish off of the rep. Mm -hmm. All right. I will just start with BYU and Boise. Go. Oh, that's quite the one to start. Um, BYU favored, I have by three on the yep. road at Boise State. Um, this is an intriguing one because the last two times these teams have played, it's been really close, and the home team has won. Um, this year, it's difficult because. Uh, I feel like Boise State is a team that can challenge BYU, but they've only played two games. Um, this one was tough for me. Uh, up front, I'm choosing BYU to to cover and win on the road. Uh, normally, I would choose Boise State, but because they've only played two games, I just don't know. I just don't know if their defense will be able to handle BYU enough. And if they get into a shootout, I'm, I'm favoring BYU in that scenario due to how they've played uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, they haven't played great opponents, as we know. This will, Boise State will be their best opponent. Um, but all but one, you know, they've destroyed everybody, and their offense has been clicking. So uh, they've done it for five more games. Uh, they have a lot better chemistry, so... Because of that, on the road, am I favoring BYU? I got eight on the Cougars. You go eight on the Cougars, do you? That is quite fascinating, and that is so stinking compelling. And I'm not sure how to how to respond to that, you know. Okay, BYU Boise. I have got seven on it. We'll just go right there. So this is this is kind of a close one for us. Uh, yeah, BYU. I, I, I kind of had the similar mindset. I don't know if I thought about it completely like that, but but pretty much. I mean, BYU's had several more games. They do have an explosive offense. They've got uh, their hyped-up quarterback. and um, But if there is any team on the schedule that can give them fits, I do think it's Boise. Uh, but, yeah, Boise hasn't really played a lot yet. Um, so it's really hard to tell if they are – kind of the rinse and repeat Boise that they have been uh, for the past, I don't know, decade, it seems like, or so. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with BYU as well. I'm giving that one my seven. All right. Okay. The next one I'd like to talk about is a uh, group of five. It's Houston versus UC. Um, okay. 
there are others on the list, but uh, yeah, I just figure that um, this one's probably bigger for discussion, given that you know UC is the preeminent this year, at least um, Group of Five team, uh, and they've got Houston coming to the town. Yeah, uh, obviously, over the past two weeks, Cincinnati has played really well. Um, they've won 42-49 against Memphis and SMU, kicking the crap out of both of them. Uh, Houston has just not played very well. They started a little bit later, um, but they've the, their defense has looked awful, uh, especially for a group of five. I mean, they, they just got destroyed by UCF. Of course, they got destroyed by BYU. Um there's nothing telling me that there's going to be anything different here. Uh, they may put up some points. Uh, frankly, I don't think their offense has been that great either. Uh, you know, they, they may put up a little bit more than, uh, you know, Memphis did maybe 17. But at the end of the day, I think I still think Cincinnati scoring 40 points. And you're giving me a 14-point spread. That's at home. I think that also favors Cincinnati. I honestly think Cincinnati's going to roll right through them. And... Uh, as I kind of went through these games, you know, that, that one kept climbing up the list and uh, I've, I've got all 18 on Cincinnati. All 18. Wow. You're giving the, uh, the big one. You're pulling out the big guns for the Bearcats. Wow. That is both impressive and compelling at the same time. It's a, it's like a double, double there. Double whammy. Whammy. Okay. Yeah, UC, I think, is looking better this year uh, than last year. I'm still kind of waiting for that game, you know, like the ECU game last year, uh, or I think Temple, too. I think Temple was another one where it was a very low-scoring game, very close at home. Um, and I guess my point is, is Fickle, he, he's been there, was this his third, fourth year? Uh, I can't really remember, but this had a pretty solid program. Uh, last year went 11 and three, uh, but they did have a few games uh, where they just didn't look the part, and then they kind of stumbled through the end of the year, uh, losing a couple in a row to, to Memphis. This year they just feel different. Uh, they're getting progressively better each game. Um, they laid waste to probably their two toughest opponents uh, in in succession, and uh, so I, I think. That trend continues. I, I, it feels like they're a bit more experienced. They've got a stronger defense uh, than in years past. Uh, their offense is getting progressively better, and it just feels like they may not have that game uh, like they did last year. But I'm not going all in on it like you are. I'm going half. I'm going nine on UC um, just because I don't know, in the back of my mind, it's like they keep waiting for that that type of game to come along. Um, but as I look at it relative to the other games, uh, I'm still fairly confident, and I put nine on that one. All right. What is the next one? Okay. So for the next one, let us jump on over to the Big 12. And I've got Oklahoma State in Kansas State. I chose this one. There are a couple of other Big 12 games, uh, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas. I figure we'll get to those in the uh, kind of the rapid fire round. Um, this one seemed to bear a bit more discussion because Kansas State is still slightly in this, right? And so is Oklahoma State. They both have one loss in conference. And still the leaders. Yeah, and that's kind of the point. You know, they're, 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 they both got a loss, but they're still kind of the leaders to your point and they're facing off against one another. So obviously this, I, I don't know if I would call it necessarily an elimination kind of feels like it because there aren't as many games uh, in this year to be had to make it up. Right. But when you've got Oklahoma already sitting there with two losses, you've got Texas, you know, with two losses, then, then this may not necessarily be an elimination per se. I guess it, it would have to go into all the tiebreakers, right? Because if Oklahoma State loses, well, then they're tied with Texas who beat them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but at the end of the day, given the way that the 12 has kind of fallen out, uh, I don't know that it's quite an elimination game, but it's pretty close. Uh, the two leaders of the conference squaring off against each other at Kansas State. So that's why I chose this one uh, to talk about. So who do you have on this one? 
Yeah, it's an intriguing one. Um, both coming off losses, obviously Oklahoma State. Uh, oh, overtime loss to Texas. Kansas State, a bad loss to West Virginia. This one's this one I had to look at. Uh, I first thing that popped out was a twelve and a half point spread uh, for Oklahoma State. I'm not sure why they had the high of a spread. I understand Kansas State just lost by you know three scores to West Virginia, um, and we did and I did miss that one uh, yeah. last week. Pretty yeah. simple. So I took another look at it. Um, I, I'm, I'm choosing Kansas State in this one and a reason why is it's at home uh when you look at oklahoma state you know they they do have a good defense uh west virginia had a pretty decent defense too but it's at home for kansas state coming off a bad loss i think they're going to be excited for this matchup and i don't necessarily think they're going to win in fact i think oklahoma state will win this game but i look at the previous games they've had I, i think there's only been, I think there's only been one game in which um, Oklahoma State's played in uh, against Big 12 opponents that hasn't been somewhat close. Right. That was the, and that was the Kansas. Uh, you know, they beat everybody else. But, you know, Iowa State, they only won by three. I, I feel Kansas State is a similar team to Iowa State in that regards. You know, they're not probably gonna you know run run the score on you you know it's going to be a close game um so i think it's going to be another low scoring game uh kansas state has shown that they they love to play in those type of games i mean they did it against tcu and was a low scoring game um you know they had to go to a shootout to be oklahoma but that you know that's a different story um right i think with a similar type of defense uh, in West Virginia, Oklahoma State, they're not going to score a lot, but Oklahoma State's offense hasn't impressed me at all, and I don't think they're going to score as much as West Virginia did, especially on the road. So give me a close game. I got Kansas State covering at nine. Nine. All right, so we're three games into it, and we haven't uh, chosen differently yet um, because I'm going to go with Kansas State on this one too. Uh, but as I look at Kansas State, it's – Kind of feels weird because I, I just I think they are uh, out kicking their coverage right now. I don't think that they have really the talent uh, as some of these other teams, you know, particularly Oklahoma, who they beat. Um, you know, they went out to West Virginia. They they seem to fit the the classic mold of you know playing well at home and and, and just you know dropping uh, you know a, a load of you know brown bag crap on the porch when they go out on the road. So to your point, they're at home. Oklahoma State should be, should win this game to your point, but 12 and a half does seem a bit high, but I can't get over that. I just don't, I think, I think Kansas State to me, it feels like a team that may implode at any point in time. And I think if they don't keep this one at least close, uh, or battle in this game, and I think it could be kind of that point where they do. But I am taking them, but only with my one, and that's kind of wise. I just I don't see them being as strong as a team as they are um, looking like right now with respect to their record. Um, but one of the things that kind of convinced me, they did play two common opponents with Oklahoma State. I think it was uh, Kansas and TCU, maybe. And you, you kind of do a point comparison, and they're not that far off. You know, at the end of the day, uh, a minor uh, comparison using those numbers says there's really only about five points difference uh, between them, not 12 and a half, if you look at just common opponents. So that's why I'm going to take Kansas State, but I'm not obviously very confident I'm going to take that with one. So it is interesting so far as we, we picked all three games the same, and every single one you've put more confidence on that particular team. So that's interesting. I have. Okay. All right. So I think next, um, you know, there's a lot of big games in each of these. A um, couple of 
you know, high profile games in the week, uh, both in the SEC and ACC. So we'll probably hold those to last. Uh, so let's just jump into uh, the Big Ten. Um, and specifically here, we want to talk about meat chicken and Indiana. Meat chicken. Ugh. So this one's a tough one, you know, especially they're getting their corners getting beat heavily and losing to Michigan State. And what was definitely an upset. I mean, I'm shocked that they actually lost that game. Yes, I but, am too. But they did, and it was still fun to watch. Um, yes, it was glorious. Still, Indiana, the only other 2-0 team in the Big Ten East, which is kind of weird to say. Uh, will they hold on to it? You know, they're at home. Uh, if you look back past, you know, Six, seven years, they played Michigan pretty close, only a couple times where they didn't really have much of a game against them. But I think they've taken them into overtime three of those games. Yeah. So they they always play Michigan tight. Uh, of course, Michigan's favored by three on the road. Um, I look at it. I think I after that loss, I do think they're going to be prepared for Indiana. You know, watching Indiana, they're not a good rushing team. You know, they heavily rely on Penix, and he has seemed to be very inconsistent. You know, he can throw a really good ball, but uh, he also tends to uh, miss receivers as well. Um, I don't know if they're going to go after Michigan's corners. I think they should, but at the same time, I don't necessarily trust him to to throw an accurate pass down the field. Uh, And I don't think they're going to be running the ball very well. So... I can't. I can't believe I'm choosing them. I am going to go with scum to win this game. You know what the scum? Scum, scum, scum. Go back from where you come. I do think they're going to win a close game. Uh, they will cover the three-point spread. Uh, I got five on the Wolverines. Five on the LOL Wolverines. Okay. So this is the first one. We are going to differ here. Uh, I'm going with the Hoosiers. I'm going with the Hoosiers to win this one outright. Um, And so it feels like I'm blasting myself back two weeks where uh, I got myself all jazzed up about Minnesota, Michigan going on the road because under Harbaugh, um, one of the reasons I, I had chosen Minnesota a couple weeks ago is because under Harbaugh, Michigan is a terrible road team. Uh, they they you know they got blown out by Wisconsin last year on the road. Um, 2018, um, when a lot of people I think kind of felt that Michigan that was going to be their year against Ohio State, you know, because Michigan was pretty decent in 2018, and the Ohio State's uh, defense was <laughs> what it was. In the week before that game, I sat back and I did the similar analysis that I always do, and I just saw that Michigan was a terrible road team, and I felt really good. I was like, you know what? Ohio State's going to win this game. They're probably going to win it big, and they did. Um, That's why I chose Minnesota. One of the reasons I chose Minnesota a couple weeks ago and coming back to it, seeing how Michigan performed, um, I'm going with something similar. Uh, I I think Michigan's played a little bit better on the road than they had in the past, you know, a la against Minnesota. Uh, but I think Indiana is a different team this year. They're a stronger team. If I look at the numbers, uh, Indiana actually should win this game on paper, given all that they have and how they performed in their games, etc. I've got them actually winning this game with my numbers, not, not just going with a, a gut on it. So I'm going to go big on, on Indiana uh, with 14. Wow. All right, that is quite the confidence. I I was same thing about, I did with same thing I did with Minnesota there too, right? I, I chose Minnesota right. high confidence and and I chose Michigan high confidence last week, so it's probably going to backfire on I just have this feeling that it's the game's going to be like the Penn State game. Michigan's going to control most of the they're going to control more of the game, and I don't think they're just going to make the same mistakes Penn State did. And so I, I just don't think Indiana will be able to do it. But you know, I guess I guess we'll see. This is a this is a big one. It's a real big one. It's yeah. real big. That we differ on. So 
Okay. All right. So let's jump into the Pac-12. Pac-12 is uh, starting out this weekend. Uh, I think I have a couple of games uh, in here from the Pac-12 I want to talk about. Um, firstly, Arizona State, USC, and then we'll talk about Stanford, Oregon, but we'll start with Arizona State, USC. Yeah, so the more, you know, the more, I really thought a lot about this one, especially, you know, kind of what you were talking about yesterday. Um, I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is Arizona State's lack of production on offense uh, that it's returning. Uh, I think that was the biggest factor for me going into this game. Arizona State's always played USC close. This is the first game of the year. And if anybody can motivate their, motivate their team to play at 9 a.m., it's Herm Edwards. <laughs> uh, so I I think they're going to be ready to fight. I just don't know how long they can last in this game. I am picking USC to cover this at home um, because of the offenses. I think if it does turn into a high-scoring affair, I think that favors USC because I don't think Arizona State will be able to keep up with them. Right. I'm only putting two on this, though, because I just have really? Arizona – I, Arizona State, I just have the feeling that they're going to keep this one close. Okay. They, may, they may not, but it's, like I said, it's the first game of the year. It's early in, in the Pacific, uh, early time in the Pacific. I just, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about it, so I'm only putting two on the Trojans. You're going two on the Trojans. So this 9 a.m. game, this this started last year for the, the Pac-12, didn't it? Or last year or the year before? I'm trying to remember. I don't know if they had a... a Big noon kickoff for Pac-12. I don't think they did. Not, I thought not they nine, did. Not at noon. I, I, I don't know. At 3.30. If it started last year or maybe it was last year, they started talking about this concept that they were going to have a variety of games for the Pac-12 that kicked off at noon. And, and their their reasoning is because they feel that, you know, they get left out of the playoff conversation because, you know, People aren't up for Pac-12 after dark, <laughs> you know, when when you normally see these games, you know, Washington right. State scoring, you know, got awful amount of points against somebody at midnight. Right. Um, right. So I seem to remember reading uh, something about this where you know, the Pac-12 wanted to have some games kick off at noon so that they could get more visibility. I think what they really need to do is, you know, feel better teams. So that that might work for you, you know, when you when you do get on. Uh, the national stage, Oregon, don't choke against Auburn. Um, when when Oregon, you get to a national championship game, don't get your butt kicked, right? I mean, you, know, you, you can you can change the perception by actually playing better. You don't need to necessarily put the game on a new. However, all that being said, that was a quick quick aside. Um, I spoke glowingly of USC, as you recall, on our last episode when we uh, talked about the Pac-12 and came up with our predictions and everything. I said that not only should they win that division, they should dominate that division. And so what does domination look like? It looks like putting 18 on USC. Got to put my money where my mouth wow. is. Yeah, right. yeah got to put my money where my mouth is, right? So if I'm saying that USC should dominate this division, that includes Arizona State, it's at USC, first game of the year, uh, I think you're right. I mean, that quirky thing, Herm Edwards, uh, he he could motivate a team to, to play at 9 a.m., but I think USC's got its own motivation. I do think that they have a lot of talent on that team, on that roster. They have a lot of returning experience on that roster, and I just think that they're charged and ready to go um, at home, putting all 18. All right. Yeah, until I until I see at least one game from you know these these two teams, Oregon and USC, I'm not going to put a lot of confidence in in them because I just I don't know yet. So okay, there it is for you. (laughs) We'll see if it pays off. Bold strategy, Cotton. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right. So that takes us then to Stanford, Oregon. Stanford at Oregon, Oregon favored by 10 at home in the night game. Uh, yeah, I know you're you're high on Stanford. 
this year. I'm not. I am not high on Stanford. They may be a little bit better. Um, I still think their offense is going to be, you know, like the team that only won, you know, 17-7 type game mm-hmm. uh, against Northwestern last year. And Northwestern was one of the worst teams in the FBS in offense. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Can't forget that. Uh, Stanford, you know, may, may score some points. I just think that Oregon defense is, is their highlight. They're really good. I don't see Stanford scoring a lot of points. Um, yeah, that may hold Oregon. It may be a low-scoring game. But at home, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the take the press on Oregon, you know, for what what they're supposed to look like. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little bit of faith in them, so I'm gonna take Oregon with seven at home. Oregon with seven. Look at you. Okay, to be clear, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm high on Stanford. I see All you're I'm higher. really higher yes yeah. sure yes I, I would agree with that i am a little bit higher on stanford than what you were um i'm more high on california um you know that's my yeah, sleeper that team and i'm going to try to ride that horse again this year with stanford i was merely saying that you know given that team it's makeup it, it is a fairly talented roster like i said they do recruit pretty well uh surprisingly well you know because if you just Pick a Power Five team uh, that you think has a name to it. Um, chances are that Stanford probably recruited better than that team. It's really weird to think about. It. Uh, so they have some talent and they have a lot of returning experience. So all I was really saying with Stanford is don't sleep on them. They, you know, it, that is the team that could be a trap game for any other team in the Pac-12. So it's really what I meant with Stanford. Um, it is the first game. It is at Oregon. And, you know, this is a different season. You know, this is basically this is going to be a November game. The first game is a November game. It's probably going to be crisp, a little cold uh, there in Oregon. Um, Yeah, I I am nervous about this. But what was funny is, you know, again, going through all of the uh, relative um, racking and stacking of each of these games, mathematically, I tried to factor in everything I could. It came out Oregon, and as I compared and racked and stacked, I actually came out with Oregon at 16. Wow. So, so to be clear, I, I am. Me. It was surprised me too. I, I because I do think that this is a game Oregon absolutely needs to be careful of. You know, it, this is a game if if Oregon sits back and and to kind of what you just said. You, you, know, you said, hey, I'm going to kind of believe the hype until I'm shown otherwise. If Oregon is believing any of their hype at all, everything I just said goes out the window, and Stanford uh, could upset them tomorrow. Um, but given it's the first game, I, I'm just I'm going to go with Oregon. Um, and it really just then started comparing game to game to game, who am I more confident in? And it kept coming back to Oregon. Like, okay, so 16. All right. All right. Fair enough. So that takes us to our key matchups. One in the SEC, one in the ACC. Uh, could go either way here, but let's just go with the SEC. Florida hmm. versus Georgia. Ugh. I went back and forth three times on this game. Uh Man, Florida has everything sitting there for them. If you look at it, I mean, this is their best offense they've probably had in years uh, going against this Georgia team. Uh, you couple that with uh, Georgia's continuing lackluster performance uh, on offense, especially last week. You have a couple defensive people out for Georgia, especially Jordan Davis. I think that's going to be a big uh, big miss for them. And their offense, like I said, is 12th in efficiency and uh, passer efficiency in the SEC. I couple all that. I'm like, alright, I'm choosing Florida. Hmm. But then I look at the fact that Georgia has still won this game uh, the same Georgia they've always been. Good defense, lackluster offense. They won this game, what, five or six years in a row? Florida hasn't found a way to beat them. 
Right. And plus, I picked Georgia originally to win the East. Right. Uh, which that which that now comes down to this game basically. They both have Absolutely one loss. Does. The winner of this game is going to go to the uh, championship game. At the end of the day, if it's a slow-scoring game and I have to, and I have to have faith in an offense to go score a touchdown and win me the game, I'm taking Florida's. Uh, I don't trust Georgia's offense. I uh, can't believe I'm saying it. I am going to take Florida in this game. Uh, mm, I'm, going against, I, I'm going against my original pick, as much as it pains me to do so. All right. I really was co- confident in Georgia, but um, Georgia Stinson Bennett has just been lackluster. I mean, he he has as many interceptions as Justin Fields has completions on the year. So. <laughs> oh, that's that's but, impressive. He only has seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, you know, they did look good against Kentucky. Outside of that, they haven't really done anything on offense. Um, or sorry, did I say Kentucky? I'm at Tennessee. Um, yeah. But they haven't done much of anything. And, yeah, Georgia's defense may play well and stop Florida again. But I, I Florida's offense is the real deal this year, and I'm going to – from what I've seen, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take that. So give me Florida at four. Florida at four. Okay. Yeah. Um, similar with me, uh, looking at Georgia and Florida. Uh, you know, I, I ran through my numbers and did all of that stuff. One of the things I thought about, I thought about, well, what did what did Bama do? And, you know, Bama really did expose. Georgia um, with, you know, the, the really talented wide receivers uh, and, and a good, accurate quarterback. Well, guess what? I think Florida has that. They may, Trask may not be uh, Mac Jones, and certainly Florida's receivers are not Bama's receivers, but we've seen something like it out of Florida throughout the course of the year. Uh, they can do that. And so, you know, ultimately, I kept thinking the same thing. You know, I, I was picking Florida. I, to your point, I had picked them to win the division. Uh, so part of it was that, right? I wanted to try to stick to that. Um, but I think Florida is that type of team, similar to Bama. And I'm, I'm not saying that Florida is Bama, but I'm, I'm saying that the similarities are there to suggest to me that I think Florida can change that trend because I kept coming to the same thing, too. Um, everything that I look at about the game tells me that Florida should win. But I'm only putting eight on Florida because I kept coming back to this. Well, well, Georgia just seems to beat them every year, you know, similar to Ohio State, Michigan. You know, there were a couple of times in the past 18 or so years, <laughs> you know, Ohio State keeps beating Michigan, where Michigan should have at least been in the game. And, and a couple of times, probably on paper, should have won, maybe. Um, feels similar here with Florida and Georgia in, in the recent few years that um, no matter what happens, it seems Georgia just has their number. So I am going to go with Florida, but I'm going to do so with only eight. So, so far, we've only differed on one uh, out of the seven games so far. We've only differed on one. Okay. So that takes us to the big uh, ACC matchup, Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah, Clemson favored by five and a half. on the road at Notre Dame. Yeah, this one was very similar to the you know, Georgia-Florida game for me. Uh, similar in the fact that Notre Dame has everything there for him, too. Uh, you know, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, uh, without their uh, key communicator, uh, senior linebacker on defense. I think a defense lineman out, too, uh, for Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame at home. I mean, everything, you know, should be right there for Notre Dame. But, you know, Clemson, (laughs) uh, yeah, but it's Notre Dame. Clemson, I I still like their quarterback. Um, You know, it doesn't seem to be as accurate, but he seems to be good. Uh, You know, he did lead a comeback against Boston College for what that's worth. Right. Um, Notre Dame's defense, obviously, is probably the best they will have faced up to this point. And it's on the road. 
So you never know. I, I do think this is going to be a low low scoring type game. You know, maybe like a 23-17 type game. At the end of the day, I just I don't trust the Notre Dame offense. Ian Book is only a serviceable quarterback. You know, they've only had really a couple of true great passing games, one against Pitt and Duke, uh, you know, who are both both terrible. I mean, Pitt's on a four-game losing streak. Um, But that's that's the way they're going to have to beat Clemson. We know Clemson's secondary has weaknesses over the middle, uh, on the corners, on comeback routes. I mean, it's there. They, They can exploit it. I just don't know if they can do it consistently. And at the end of the day, kind of like you know, I, I mentioned in the previous game, if you if you give me a, a last second drive, you have to go score a touchdown. I'm I'm taking Clemson's offense to go do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They they have they have the skill players. Etn is is not a great rusher. I mean, he's been stopped, you know, by uh, great to elite defenses but he is great in space and you give him get him on a screen get him outside he is fast and he can score um yeah. you know the receivers are not what they were last year but i i'm taking clemson at six to cover this uh it's basically uh a, a notre dame prove me wrong uh, because anytime they play in a, in a truly uh elite team they they haven't beat them and it's it's been a while so give me yeah. clemson Okay. All right. Look at you. So uh, I, I'm I'm similar there. Uh, I do think Ukulele is a uh, pretty good quarterback, uh, and that's just it. I, I'm just going to call him Ukulele. Uh, I think it fits perfectly. Uh, I can't pronounce his name otherwise, um, so I might as well go with Ukulele. Uh, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> ukulele. Um, he's he is pretty good. Uh, I think he looked pretty good against Boston College. Just don't let him throw that one pass. You know, th- three or four times he, that that uh, kind of sideline uh, pass to his left. Uh, wow! <laughs> I mean, I think some of those balls are still falling from the sky. Um, as long as he doesn't throw that pass, I think he's pretty good. He can run. He can throw well. Um, he's a five-star uh, sitting back there. So it's not like you know they really had to scrape the barrel uh, when when uh, you know Trevor got COVID. Um, everything about this game, really, I, I, you're right. I think Notre Dame. This is the best defense Clemson will face this year. It's the best defense they've faced since Ohio State's in the playoffs. Um, running through the uh, ACC, they don't usually face uh, really good defenses. Notre Dame legitimately has a good defense uh really put them up there so everything about this game it is away in november i mean clemson when does clemson travel to a cold weather state in november or or at all for that matter when when do they travel that far north number one but number two let alone in november uh i do think the weather is going to be pretty nice though it, it could be, but it's still it's a it's a way north game in the in the uh, at the beginning of November for Clemson. They are without their starting quarterback. Notre Dame is playing well, undefeated, best defense that Clemson will see until the playoffs potentially, right? And um, you know, I run through the numbers, and I think Notre Dame in theory should come close uh, to that spread. Um, so. I was kind of angling towards Notre Dame, but then I took a step back and said, this is Notre Dame. This is that same Notre Dame that you and the boy talk about. Always give you fit. So let's go opposite day. Uh Let's go opposite. So I'm going way opposite. I'm going to go with Clemson because they seem to get it done. Clemson loves this type of game. They do. I, I said after the Boston College game, the best you could hope for is that Boston College would have hung on. Just like last year, the best you could have hoped for was North Carolina just hang on because Clemson has a game like that every year, and it's always against a mediocre to bad team, right? Look at their losses against Syracuse, for heaven's sake. You know, um, I mean, they, they tend to have that game every year, and then they turn it on. And they really get themselves up for this type of game. And so... Um, Notre Dame, they don't. Notre Dame reminds me of you know the the, the 
the guy that goes around acting like he's a, a badass, you know, but you know, when he steps into a, you know, a room with, you know, true badasses, you know, they, they tend to look like uh, George McFly, you know, <laughs> uh, fawning all over the other people. You know, they, they just don't seem to, to show up in these types of games. So I'm going to go 15 on Clemson. Wow. All right. Okay. 15 on the Tigers. So now it is time for rapid fire. I will go through my list, give you a quick blurb and my confidence on that particular game. The first one I have is Miami NC State. Uh, Miami favored by 10 and a half. I'm picking NC State uh, and I'm going to do so with 10. Uh, this is an away game for Miami. Um, I'm not sold that they are back back. They probably should win this, but I don't know that they're going to cover. My next one is West Virginia, Texas. I, it's only a six and a half spread. Yeah, West Virginia did paste Kansas State, uh, but this is at Texas. And yeah, for all I know, Texas is going to win this game 63 to 60 in triple overtime. You know, um, but all things being equal, Texas is way more talented. They are coming off a good win for them. I'm putting 17 on Texas. The next one, SMU Temple. This one, you know, this is probably a classic group of five uh, game for you <laughs> to try to go through. But uh, uh, 18 point spread is high for me, especially with it being at Temple. I'm going with Temple with my four. Liberty and Virginia Tech. Uh, Liberty is ranked. Um, I think they are. This is another team that's kind of out punting their coverage right now. Uh, they really didn't return a lot of people from last year. They re returned five on both sides of the ball. They didn't return their starting quarterback. It's Liberty, so it's not like they're going out and, and recruiting uh, like madmen to to you know put in some some um, uh, depth and whatnot. Uh, it's at Virginia Tech. Um, of course, Virginia Tech has been known in the past to lay an egg against teams like Old Dominion, <laughs> you know, and whatnot. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Liberty could go in and not only cover but win this. But I'm going to go with the odds of that not happening, and I'm putting 13 on Virginia Tech. 13 on Virginia Tech. Yes. Okay. 13 on Virginia Tech. UMass and Marshall. 44 and a half point spread, too big for me, uh, although it is UMass, and you know there's nothing like playing UMass to get your offense healthy, but uh, it is too high of a spread for me. I'm going UMass with two. Kansas at Oklahoma, which I think is key, being at Oklahoma. Oklahoma seems to be trending upward, two straight games, the last one being uh, pretty, pretty dominant. Uh, I think they continue that trend. I think they're actually going to cover this 38-point spread, and I'm putting five on that one. A&M, South Carolina. This is at South Carolina. I've talked about it before. South Carolina is a team that has the talent to compete. They have the experience to compete. They just have a terrible coach. <laughs> uh, but that terrible coach does seem to step up at least once or twice a year, just like Georgia last year. I'm not saying that they're going to beat A&M, but I think it being at home, I'm putting three on South Carolina to cover. Baylor, Iowa State. This is one that, uh, you know, Iowa State, I just don't think is that great. I think it's another one uh, that is slightly outkicking their coverage. They beat Oklahoma, uh, but frankly, they've done that, you know, within the past few years. They give Oklahoma fits. Uh, I think it's because of that they've gotten this odd um, following across all of the pundits that say they have a defense. That, no, they don't. It's Iowa State. They're not that great. Um, they should win this game, uh, but I am actually uh, picking Baylor with six to, to, to beat that spread. South yeah. Alabama and the Chanticleers. So last week, I made a grave mistake, and I chose to give the Chanticleers. And I was excommunicated by the Chanticleer faithful, and I am seeking redemption. I am seeking redemption for the Chanticleers, and therefore I am picking the Chanticleers this week with 11. All right. 
And finally, that brings us to Rutgers and the Righteous Bucks. Just like you said last week, I can't go against my boys. 38 is a big spread. We talked at length yesterday about why that makes us nervous. And yet I'm going to go 12 on Ohio State. All right. So I guess that uh, that leaves me now. And that leaves uh, you. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have some some different ones. I think. Oh, we only have one so far. Might be a little bit surprised. So. Okay. All right. I'll start at the top of my list. I'll end with the Ohio State game as well. So, uh, with all the other ones we've gone through first, I guess I'll start off with Texas A&M at South Carolina. Texas A&M seven and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, South Carolina just got their doors beat off by LSU in their last game they played. Um, Is uh, that one a seven and a half point spread? I have that one down as a ten point spread. uh, I got them yesterday, so. Okay, I thought I got them yesterday too, but uh, okay, go on, go on. We can we can finish at the end there, but uh, yeah, Texas A&M have been playing really well. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's record against. unranked teams in the SEC is pretty high. I think it's something like 20 and two. Uh, he plays really well against them. I, I think that streak continues. Uh, I don't think South Carolina uh, is going to be able to match Texas A&M uh, much like the Florida game. You know, they may score a few points, maybe to be 38, 24 type game, but uh, that favors A&M. I got high confidence. Give me 14 on the Aggies. 14. Yeah. Next yeah. one, Miami, Miami at NC State. Uh, yeah, NC State has a god-awful defense. I mean, even for the ACC, it's bad. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't matter who they play. They get they get points scored on them. Miami has, I think, a decent offense, uh, especially with the running quarterback. You know, it is at home at NC State. Maybe they'll get some points, but I think Miami's just going to roll right through them, uh, get that 10 points, give me 16 on the Canes. 16 on the canes. That's big. That there is real big. That's big. Uh, next to one, I believe, is, is ah, yes, the privileged roosters. The privileged ones. They I are have, highly privileged. I have not lost the faith. Uh, South Alabama is a 3-3 three and three team, pretty lackluster. Uh Barely one game's got blown out by crappy opponents. Uh, Coastal Carolina, 18-point spread is high, but they're rolling, and they haven't proved me wrong yet. Give me 15 on the Chanticleers. The Chanticleers, they do accept your 15 gleefully. Uh, Next one, Marshall and UMass. Uh, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. UMass has only played one game this year. God, they didn't score anything. Same with UMass, it's always been. Yeah, I think a Rutgers is one of the worst Power Five teams. UMass is one of the worst teams ever. Yeah, um, they are terrible. UMass didn't score a point last game, and they're—I don't think they ran very well, less than 100 yards. Uh, that's 44 points for Marshall, but I think they're going to cover it. I'm not super confident in that. Uh, they haven't scored a lot of points against teams this year, so gives me—I don't know—I'm nervous about it. So I only put two, but I'm taking Marshall. You are taking um, Marshall just a tool. Yeah, okay. Baylor at Iowa State. I have no idea why Iowa State's favored by 14 uh, because it beat Kansas last week by 30. Uh, they don't have a, a great offense. I think uh, Baylor, Baylor beat uh, Kansas as bad or worse. Yeah, well, the, the only there's only been one game that has not been a one-score game for Baylor, and that was against Kansas. Every other game has been within one, uh, I think, within – 10 points, actually. I think they lost to Texas by 11. But I think all the other games have been within 10 points. I think that's going to continue. And if they do lose to Iowa State, uh, especially to, you know, similar teams like that. Uh, yeah, give me Baylor. I have 11. Uh, next one, SMU Temple. SMU at Temple. SMU by 17 and a half. Oof. Uh, Temple is just another terrible uh, AAC team. I mean, they've looked really bad this year. And that's a high spread. I know I chose SMU at one point before, and they let me down. But I think they'll roll through SM, or I think SMU will roll through Temple. So I'm taking taking ten on SMU. Ten on SMU. Uh, next okay. one: Kansas at Oklahoma. 
Yeah, Kansas. I mean, they've lost. I mean, they just lost by 30-plus to Kansas State and Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma is on a different offensive level. They're trending upwards. Oklahoma is going to roll. Even if they do allow some points, they're scoring 60 again. Uh, give me 17 on Oklahoma. All right. Uh, let's see. West Virginia at Texas. Ugh, I have no idea. Texas <laughs> always lets me down. They played West Virginia close two years ago when West Virginia came in. They upset Texas. Texas coming off uh, a big win, which usually means they probably have a letdown. Uh, West yeah, Virginia, though, off a big win, too. So I, I don't know. I honestly don't know about this game. I'm taking Texas to win with my one. With your one. Okay. And then uh, Liberty and Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, Liberty hasn't played much, but they've scored a lot of points. For, I mean, they beat Syracuse. They beat them by 17. Syracuse yeah. is awful, but they still yeah. beat they still beat an ACC team by 17. So it gives me a little hope. Virginia Tech allows a lot of points uh, against a decent offense. I, I think it, it's it's a large enough spread, 14 and a half. I'm going in on the Flames. Flabio Hotman, give me 12 on Liberty. 12 on Liberty. Give me Liberty or give me death. And then the last game, Packers. More kept looking at it. 38-point spread. I think the Rutgers may throw in some wrinkles at the most. I think they they get 17 maybe. I still think Ohio State scored in the 50s. Uh, you know, Ryan D's teams have been disciplined to handle their business. You know, haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any slip up in that. So, you know, I have my score around 56-17, which covers the spread. So give me 13 on the Buckeyes. Righteous ones. The exceedingly righteous Bucks. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't your spreads. I'm looking at CBSSports.com and they have A&M a 10-point favorite on Carolina. I got mine on, I think, Vegas Insider. <sighs> Vegas Insider, huh? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so we'll have to, we, we, we can discuss that separately because I don't <laughs> know that I want to take Carolina if it's only seven and a half. But hey, what, what's it going to do? If I miss it, what's going to happen? Is somebody going to come waltzing up to the door and say, hey... You aren't wearing your mask when you go out. We're going to arrest you. Uh, so yeah, we'll just keep it. Why not? We'll have we'll we'll, we'll live life on the edge. We're still going to go with South Carolina. Okay, that's all we have. There ain't no more. That's all there is. There ain't no more. And so what we are trying to say is this completes another fantastic episode of Buckeye Bob Bowser.